the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and thanks for everyone that continues to tune in. Welcome back, and for those that are new, you're in for a treat. Today we have an awesome guest. Uh, his name is Preston. He is a physical therapist out of Draper, Utah, and I'll go into that in just a minute with the intro, but first I just wanted to say, uh, if you're new here, uh, everything that I discuss can be wrapped up into three main topics. We talk about the outdoors, family, and fitness, health. All of those three things, everything else can be wrapped up into that. And I just want to have a voice out there that's a regular Joe, nothing too crazy in my life as far as uh, super successful in a career yet. I'll get there eventually, but I am having success, finding success on a daily basis and hitting goals as I'm making my way through life on this rock that's spinning around and around and around. And I want to share that with everyone else, that there is hope, that there is, uh, you can accomplish the goals that you want. You can do it. And so I just share that with you. Uh, and we've been getting on some awesome guests uh, recently, and uh, I just want to also let you know that you can find me over at red.beard.outdoors on Instagram. I post there daily. You can shoot me a message if you have any questions or if you're wanting to hear from someone that I haven't had on the podcast yet. Also find me over on Facebook and in the link links down below, uh, I have my Facebook group there where we've got a little tight-knit community where we talk about health, fitness, our journeys in that aspect. Everyone's dealing with struggles Everyone has trials in this life, and we're just trying to get through this life as successful as possible. And I want people to feel invigorated and to know that they can get out, live their life, and love it. And that's why I always say that, and I mean it. So anyway, on to our guest. Again, like I said, it's a special treat. He's a good friend. He's becoming a quick and good friend of mine. I met him through Instagram. Because I used to want to be a physical therapist, and I was interested in his ideas behind physical therapy, how he focuses mainly on archery, but also is a physical therapist for many other fields and, and many other injuries and things that can happen in day-to-day -day life. Um, he does virtual meetings. He has a clinic, like I said, based out of Draper, Utah. He's an awesome all-around guy. He's got a wife and a daughter. Uh, he's a hunter. He works with the, the I want to say it's the D.O. Utah, or the, the Disabled Outdoorsman. He's also recently worked with the USA Archery Team and many other aspects of archery and physical therapy. He's well-versed, knows what he's doing, awesome guy, has an amazing vision. And so I was able to snag him in some of his non-busy time, which is probably never, so I'm counting myself blessed to be able to have him on the podcast, and uh, he shares some of his thoughts with us about about who he is, what he does, what his goals are with Mountain Physio, um, which is his company, and uh, he's just an awesome guy, so hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. If, if you get something out of this, please share it with others. Let others know there's this awesome physical therapist here, uh, and that you were able to to learn something or to laugh or enjoy the podcast as much as I did making it. Uh, so without further ado, here is our awesome guest, Preston. All right. So we got here Preston Ward from Mountain Physio. 
and I uh, just got a couple questions for him, but I met him at Tech, and even before that, I was seeing some of his stuff on Instagram, and I really like his, uh, the people he works with seem to really enjoy his work, and I love physical therapy and, and everything that he's about. So Preston, give us a brief intro. Um, yeah. Who are you? Thanks. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Red beard, I should call you, I guess. I'm kind of, I'm a fellow red beard as well, because that's who I am. That's what happened. That's how we first started to mesh <laughs> the ginger beards. <laughs> I've got, I've got my red beard sticker on my bow case. No, who, who am I? I'm so I'm Dr. Preston Ward. I am in Salt Lake City. Let's see. I grew up here my whole life, actually, in, in Utah and um, went to school here, went to graduate school at the University of Utah, graduated. Oh, my gosh like five years ago. And then I did a residency while I was doing a residency while I was finishing up a residency, actually, um, in orthopedics, I was up at the local, um, bow shop called wild arrow. And while I was there, I was, you should hear, heard a bunch of different people complaining of their shoulder injuries and pain. And I've got to miss the season because of this and that and the other. And so anyways, I ended up starting up my own business. So that's when I decided to look into it a little further. And there was at that time, still no one had kind of, I guess, been a physical therapist solely into the archery industry. And so to get my feet wet and jump into the industry and help out fellow hunters, I figured, you know, it's always better to go to a clinician or someone that has similar experiences or who knows your sport and stuff. And so I'm like, if there's not anyone doing this in archery. I should, I should be the one that does it. And so anyway, I started my business about three years ago. And it'll be three years this March. And yeah, since then, just been going well. So we live here in Sandy, um, Salt Lake area. Have a, I'm married and have a little girl as well, a little daughter. And yeah, a couple dogs, mule, shoot my bow a lot and do some duck hunting right now is about it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah, that's kind of, that's how great ideas start. Um, you know, the whole, I need to fill this gap and I think that's awesome that you saw that. Um, I love physical therapy. I was actually considering being a physical therapist at, at one point, um, changed my route because uh, the schools didn't want me. And, uh, and so I, I chose to go another route, but I love uh, everything that physical therapy does as far as preventative care, maintenance, and also repair. Um, there's a whole bunch that goes into that. So that's, that's awesome. Now, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you worked with the USA team this year, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Um, and just to I'll jump into that, but just to kind of quickly uh, piggyback off your last comment there is I think so many people, when I first started, people were like, so you only see people after they broke a bone or something like that. And it's like, no, like I like physical therapy to me is all about the whole body, whole health and wellness and really so injury prevention rehab, obviously, like you mentioned, um, after an injury and then lots of preparation for the season. And so, um, anyways, that's kind of a, a little, another side tangent there, but I think so many people think PT is just, well, physical therapy. They sometimes think PT is personal training, but physical therapy in general is, is very broad encompassing and, um, encompasses the whole body wellness and functional stuff like that. So, but yeah, yeah it is. Oh, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, I, I just, uh, that's why I like it so much. The physical therapy aspect is, and I, I like to say prepare rather than repair, because if you're preparing properly, there's a even higher or a lesser chance of you getting injured. Um, 
And then some people just have to come back from an injury because they didn't repair or prepare. So um, I, I like that. I like that you take both aspects into account. Yeah. And you, you're a great, I mean, you're always hitting the gym. I always see the stuff on um, Instagram and everything. You're, you're diligent. You're consistent is the, I think the word I said the other day, but yeah, I th- um, even myself this year, like mid season, I was hunting um, the extended archery hunt and I guess more at the end of the season and putting in a lot of miles, putting in, you know, multiple three, four days a week, I was hunting, even if it was just for an hour, just trying to find these bucks and stuff like that. And, um, ended up with some Achilles tendonitis and, um, tendinosis at this point, probably. And I'm just, so I'm still re I'm rehabbing it myself, but yeah, there's so many times that people are just like kind of pushed through the season and then they get to about this time and they're like, you know, either they, either they take full advantage of it and they're like, let's get this fixed so I can be ready for next year, or they just kind of dismiss it. And then it usually ends up turning into a problem later on. And so anyways, kind of interesting, interesting thought there. And yeah, stuff. no, for sure. I, um, I agree. And since yesterday, I know technically there's two more days left in the extended archery hunt for elk. Um, but I, I told myself that yesterday was my last day. I need to dedicate the rest of the year to my family. So, um, since yesterday was my last day, you know, I walked into the gym and I'm in the gym at least five to six days a week. And if not, I'm on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so today was just one of those days where it just kind of hit me. I'm like, okay, I'm prepping for 2022 season and it, it starts now. Right. And I, I, I like what you're saying about that too. It's, you know, it can start with the small things like band work. You don't have to go in and work a, a, a ton of weight. Um, just working the bands, getting those smaller, uh, stabilization muscles and tendons and ligaments all working together and, uh, strengthened so that you don't have those issues when you go out on the mountain. Yeah. No, um, that's good that you've given yourself a, a time frame or a time limit of this is the last day. I think I should probably do that more often as well. Cause hunting season, gosh, it can consume, especially hunting on, as you know, bow hunting on the front can be time consuming. The people that I know that are consistent, like get it done every year. My friend shot a nice buck this year. I think he logged, uh, it was, had to have been 20 or 30 days of hunting. It was a lot. And then same thing, he shot an elk later, his wife did. And they were down like driving four hours away. Like it was, it was almost like 15 days of hunting. So anyways, people that put in the work tend to be consistent, but I'm glad that you gave yourself a time frame. It's gotta be done here, but no, I was going to also mention, um, I'll say this just time and time again, that I think the people who are people who I always just tell, like, it seems like us us hunters, we always try to invest in good gear, good stuff like that. That's kind of the trend I feel like. And I believe it a hundred percent, like good gear is a good thing, but I always say it like the most important piece of gear you invest in is yourself. And, and you're a good example of that, like putting in the work, putting in the time training in the gym, either doing band work, doing some, um, you know, repair work, anything like that, just really trying to make sure that the whole body is coming together for 2022, which, yeah, I mean, whether you turkey hunt in the spring or spring bear hunt or anything like that, like the season will be here soon and it gets busy, but yeah, you got to put in the work and then invest in yourself. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not easy and it, but it, 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 it's definitely a good driver. Um, it's kind of like, I see so many people, especially, and I'm brand new into archery. Um, but I I've already seen people that they do the thing where they dust their bow off the week before the season, they shoot it, maybe a broadhead through it. 
Um, and they're like, okay, we're good to go. And I feel like people treat their bodies the same way. You know, they're kind of like, oh, I'm going to sit on the couch until, you know, a week before my season. And now all of a sudden I've got to hike up that hill or yeah. I've got to do this or that, you know, and, uh, oh, my knees are messing me up or my shoulder. Like I tweaked it because I haven't shot my bow in a year and I pulled it back. And, like, it's just so many things that go into it. And, and just those tiny little reps every single day. Um, you know, I, I just tell people like not to embarrass people, but I'm like, how much time did you spend on Netflix yesterday? And I'm like, you don't have to answer me. Just think about that. Think about if you took 30 minutes of that and you went to the gym or if you just bought some bands and mm -hmm. did it at your house, you know, they're not that expensive. So anyway, just some, just some food for thought there. Food for but, thought. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in that, Jonathan, that, yeah, just, just the little things, the maintenance, all that stuff. Um, even, even to the fact of like, I do a lot of stuff in my own gym here and everything, um, shooting your bow and just like the little things, just, just all the time. But yeah, I think that's, what's so fun about archery and bow hunting in general is I feel like there's a, there's a different, I don't want to say different crowd or anything, but there's, there's just this, it's a difficult sport. It's difficult to be successful in archery. I can think of probably almost every animal that I had an opportunity at this big deer that I missed. I know that you and I were texting about that and stuff. Could have shot him 10 times over with a rifle and um, whatever, but you know, that just that drive or just that, I guess, passion for archery and stuff. It's hard and it, it, it drives people. But again, at the same time, that's why I love getting into it is it, it's those certain people that are in archery, those consistent bow hunters that are like, they put in work all the time, all season, all season, you know, there's no off season. They're just always training or shooting or whatever. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. And uh, I'm just waiting to see you start shooting ducks with a bow. <laughs> it's, ha it's happening next year. Sure. Oh yeah. You got to get one of those, like a, a net extension or something to like throw on the end of your bow. So it just shoots out. Exactly. exactly. No, I was talking to the guys at wild arrow the other day and I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully draw a swan tag and I'm going to try to do it with a bow, but anyways, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Cool. So, um, tell, tell me a little bit more about this, your experience. Was this your first time working with the USA team? Yeah. So this last year it was, um, and how it all started is basically I had a, patient um as well a friend who basically reached out to me and said you know Preston there's this position available you're he was on he's on the team and stuff like that as well and he's like you're a perfect fit like you do archery you understand archery we need someone who understands the health the medical side of things um ideally physical therapist and he's like it'd be perfect you'd be a great fit and so anyways I applied I remember actually I was Oh man. Yeah. It was two, it was well last season. And so a little over a year ago and he texted me in like November when I was up on the front hunting and on my phone, I'm sitting there like filling out this application. And anyway, so I remember that. And then they called me up and they're like, yeah, we want you to um, travel with us to, I think the first trip was, yeah, it was with the para archery team. So um, the Olympic level team there to Mexico for a, I think it was a world, it might've been a world cup. Um, it was the Pan American games. So here going to my first time to go to Mexico and have basically the whole Pan American, like everyone from the Americas at this venue was pretty dang cool. And then I went 
a few months later with the um, team to Guatemala, the able-bodied team, recurvers, compounders, um, everything like that. That was a lot of fun. And then the last venue or event I went to was the um, World Cup finals. And so they do, let's see, I think they do three cups and then the finals and the finals was in South Dakota there. And it was cool. That was a lot of fun too. I mean, these are just incredibly talented people. It's fun to be around archery. You and I could probably geek out on archery all day long and stuff. And so now to geek out with even bigger archery geeks is kind of fun. <laughs> I mean that in yeah. the nicest way. Like they, these guys, they know I'm just impressed with them. They know, they've been shooting archery pretty much their whole life. Right. But, um, or not even, not even, sometimes they've only been shooting a couple, couple of years, but they just know their equipment. They just know how to tinker and, you know, they just know how to do all that stuff, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It's interesting to see some of those guys, even, uh, I haven't really watched a lot of the U S team, but, um, just at the major shoots, like how they make these crazy small adjustments on the fly. And I'm like, I wouldn't want to touch my side if I was standing up there on stage and you guys are over there, like throwing it around. Like, it, you know, it just blows me away. Um, yeah. But that's awesome. That's cool that you had that experience, man. Uh, and that you were able to fill that role. So I just want to ask, um, what are, what are three things, if you could name three things that drive you on a daily basis? Um, what, what are those three things? Cause you're, you're an entrepreneur, you, you've got your own business um, and you, you work remotely. And I know you've got your own place as well, but, um, you know, what are things, what are three things that drive you? Cause you could just, you know, sit back and do nothing, man. Usually they, usually on these podcasts, they, they prep you and say, this is what I'm going to ask you. So this is, this is good. This is raw. Oh, I like um, it raw. <laughs> the three things that drive me, I, I think like at the end of the, this will probably be, I don't know, maybe it's cliche not, but probably my number one is like my family, right? I think having, a, and when I say that, I think being an entrepreneur and having my family come first is what drives me in the fact of, I enjoy that challenge of having to, my wife sometimes not so much, but having to balance work and family. But at the end of the day, it comes down to as an entrepreneur, like being able to devote time to my patients, my mountain athletes, clients that way. But then at the end of the day, being able to devote the time to my family, which is ultimately, ultimately what I'm trying to do, right. Build up this business and everything else like that so that I can, so that I can basically spend some time with my family as well. I think so many of us are, you know, either stuck in a job where you're just not with your family very much. And I'm like, that's my number one. That's what I want to do. I want to be with my family. And then I'd say, right up there at the same level would be just that. I think you mentioned at the beginning today is <clears throat> recognizing that gap. So finding that void in the industry that, Hey, there's this thing that's missing. Like we've got a lot of great influencers. We've got a lot of great, you know, personal trainers. We've got a lot of things like that in the field. However, like, that's medical side of thing or having that, you know, medical degree that, you know, degree that I have where it's like, I can oversee and think things through a little bit differently, I think is really important. So having that drive of let's, let's fill this void. And like, ultimately my, my end goal 
one of my end goals with this is like, I want to have a fully comprehensive clinic that has everything that en encompasses everything across the country where people can say, Hey, I, I have this going on. Where can I go? Oh, this is where you're going to go. You live in Pennsylvania. You're going to go to this person right here because they're, they're an archer themselves as well. They're a bow hunter, whatever. So I'm, I'm in the process of building up something like that right now. So that's another thing that drives me is just, just that entrepreneur filling up that void. But I'd say those two things and then shoot, what else um, drives me? It would be, I guess going along that lines, um, looking at my whiteboard right now is just, is just health. Like is, is providing, is be like, I love the interaction that I have with every single one of my patients and having that one-on-one -on -one interaction. Um, my model, as you know, is, is different than most models where I do a lot of things, um, here in the state remotely, all sorts of things like that, go to people's homes, go to their shops, whatever it is, um, their archery shops, just to provide the service for them and having that interaction, like being able to interact with them one-on-one -on -one and on a more intimate level than having it be, I'm going to this provider and they see me for, you know, 30 minutes and then they pass me on to someone else. So they just feel like a number going into the system. Like, I don't want that. I want people to feel valued. And so I think that's what drives me as well as, is trying my very best to make everyone feel like they have my attention hundred percent of the time. And like afterwards, you know, build these programs and things like that. And then I'm texting them. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I was thinking of you. And I, and I think now that I'm, I keep talking, maybe that's another thing that drives me, but it's, it's more that it's along the same lines is just that interaction with people. Like I, I really love that interaction with people that are on the same level that have the same passion. And there's multiple times that almost about every day, like I'll, I'll, and it, it's funny because um, I think my, my brother does it as well. Where we, it's just like in our DNA, we're like, I, I'll call someone just randomly, someone that one of my patients, Hey, how you been doing? I've been thinking of you. You doing okay. You got everything you need or friends or acquaintances or people you meet on social media. It's like, you just talk to each other and you kind of build this big network and, and family. And that's what that, I think that's really one thing that drives me is just that interaction with like-minded people. So. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find that a common theme, uh, especially with people that are, that are successful at being an entrepreneur, um, their family is a major driver. So I know you were saying it might sound cliche, but I don't think it's cliche at all. I think it's something that's, that is a, a, a major force behind people to be successful, um, in, in whatever it is that they choose to do. And, um, I, I do like the, the idea of, of getting kind of a network out there, um, across the nation so that you can send people to, to someone in person rather than just having to do everything necessarily remotely and relying that they follow your instructions. Cause I know that that doesn't always happen. <laughs> and, uh, and I know that people will, they'll say they did it, but you can, you can tell, cause if you know your stuff and you're giving them, you're confident in your instructions and, uh, they're not having those results, you know, they're not doing their homework. So, um, I've seen that time and time again as well. That's, that's awesome. But uh, so another thing I want to ask you, what, what started Mount, I mean, you've kind of given us a little backstory behind mountain physio and, uh, but why, uh, 
why that name? I know it seems kind of self-explanatory and, uh, and, and what's at the core of your business? Like what, what makes you different than any other physical therapist I could go to? Yeah. Good question. Um, yeah, I was coming up with a lot of names when I, um, was basically trying, starting down the road of getting a business license and doing all that other stuff. And I think probably the number one reason behind the name is a, a physio is a, is a physical therapist. And then really like, if you think of, I guess, archery, bow hunting, hunting in general, myself, what I love, my passion is just being in the mountains. And so I think really that's kind of what, where I came up with mountain physio. And at first I was like, it's kind of lame, but it's kind of growing on me now. And <laughs> it's funny because I was, when you're in that process of building a brand or anything like that, it's like, you know, what should we name it? And what should the logo be? And it's just, there's a, there's a big process. And so, um, and people are always like, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds great. That's, that's way cool. I'm like, should it be like, I don't know, archery PT or something like that. But I wanted it to be all encompassing as well. And, um, so, cause I get that question as well. It's like, do you only see archers? Well, no, I don't only see, only see archers. I'm a physical therapist. And though my, um, niche is in physical therapy or excuse me, is in archery, but like, I see all, I see all hunters. Um, I see all most, you know, I see a lot of bow hunters, but I have that kind of niche there. And so anyways, I wanted to be all encompassed. I wanted, I had, I had a patient, I just recently posted about it, who is a 85 year old man. Awesome. Just like, so whether you have private insurance, Medicare, whatever it is, like all these different insurances as well, Blue Cross Blue Shield, you name it. Like I see those people as well. And so, um, anyways, yeah, that would be why I came up with that. What was your other question? <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I like that answer. Um, and then the other, what's at the core of core. mountain physio? What, what makes you different? What makes you stand apart? Yeah. Um, so I've kind of touched on this, but I think what, what makes, so as I was building up this, this brand and business, um, a lot of, uh, I guess I'd say influencers in the PT world. So like in the, in the business side of PT things, um, influenced me to really kind of have this, um, what was I going to say this, this model that I've chosen where, so the model that I've chosen is, is hundred percent cash based. And the reason for that is I truly, like, I truly believe in like, there's numbers to back it of why it's a better model for healthcare than having these insurance, um, based plans. I'm not saying that people shouldn't have insurance and I'm not saying that I don't accept insurance. Like I do. However, like if you look at someone who fully invests themselves, like they're taking full, they're taking full, um, responsibility for the, for their health, just like you or anyone, you know, going to spend, I was just looking at some of the new bows. So they're going to spend $1,800 on a bow. If their parents give it to them, they're going to, you know, maybe not give, give a, um, they're not going to take care of as care as they're not going to take care of it as much, but if they go invest that money, then they're going to take care of it better as well. And so there's a lot of models that say how a cash based, um, clinic such as myself gets people better, faster, saves people money. Um, so many things like that. And so when it came down to it, I was thinking of like the model that I wanted to do, I wanted to be 
there for my patients. And so have, you know, some virtual consultations that way. Um, if people were going to the range, Hey Preston, will you come look at me and watch me shoot and stuff like that? Watch my mechanics, correct me on this and that and the other. And absolutely let's go to the range. And so I would say right now I'm doing about 30% virtual 30% where they come to my clinic and then 30% where I'm either going to their house and doing some like a very, um, modernized model, which I think can be very beneficial for patients. At the end of the day, it's like, what can I do for my patients, my clients and be there for them? And so like, you're familiar with the Salt Lake Valley, but it's not unheard of for me to travel down to, you know, South Utah County up to Davis County, Ogden, all this Tooele, like all over Park City area, just to provide good care, just to, just to be there for them. And so yeah. And I, and I think, sorry, one more thing is, so besides my model of setting me apart, um, my experience and like understanding of a orthopedics, the human body, things like that, and my schooling. But, um, so my, my certification is definitely something that I worked really hard for, but then as well, um, my ability to apply that into the sport that I'm passionate about and have other people passionate about that same sport it's really helpful to, like I mentioned, if you're a baseball player to go see a, you know, a, a, a strength and conditioning coach who understands baseball or PT who understands baseball. If you're an archer, it's super important to see someone who understands archery. Oh yeah. I, can, I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And going back to your model of the cash base, like a lot of people might be uh, put off by that at, at first, but I've noticed that if people aren't willing to put a little bit down on themselves, um, they're not really invested. It's, uh, it's interesting. I've, I'm recently started coaching on nutrition, um, nice. and some minor fitness stuff, but just kind of like health coaching in, in general. And, um, I've noticed the people that are all in actually start coming up with their own, you know, challenges and they're willing to put down a little bit of money versus the people are like, the first question out of their mouth is, well, how much does it cost? You're like, in, in my mind it's already kind of like, all right, you're not quite ready. And that's fine. There's no problem with that, but you just need to be honest with yourself about it. Like you're not ready to fix what you need to fix. And, um, and so I can, I can see that being the same with physical therapy. Um, and I, I like that word of responsibility that, uh, that you said, there's a book that I really love and I don't know if you've read it or not, but extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. Have you read that book? I haven't. No, I'd highly I've recommend it. it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, Jocko Willink knocked it out of the park with that one. And uh, anyway, it just talks about taking ownership in everything, even if, and he, one of his examples is just, um, he was a team lead in the seals. And if his, if his people didn't do something right, it was his fault because he didn't explain it to him well enough that they could understand it. He didn't make sure that they understood it before they went out and did whatever mission or whatever they were doing. Um, and so just the fact that he's willing to, say that it's still his fault as the leader, you know, that's that extreme ownership. Um, same with people in their health, you know, if they're not willing to be honest and take that responsibility, um, it, it can be hard to, to overcome that hurdle until they really are ready. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, so seeing this elderly patient who he and his wife and family decided like, they're like, they could have gone to any PT clinic and stuff, but they called me up and they're like, we, we don't want to just go and, you know, get on a machine and sit there and, you know, 
pedal for 20, 30 minutes and then leave and not do anything. And so like pushing them. So it was really interesting to see them come to me. Like, we appreciate what you do. We understand that you're you know pushing us harder than really what they, what they would have gotten anywhere else. And so I, I feel like, yeah, just having that, like recognizing that difference, but then also having that like responsibility. Like, it's interesting that like, and every time I go, like people who, I mean, you, you get what you get, what you pay for. Right. And, um, we all know that. And I think the saying is, oh man, good. What is it? Good things aren't cheap. Cheap things aren't free. Things aren't cheap or something like something like that. Um, I don't know. I mess, I messed that up, but it's like to the point of the matter, the fact of the matter is like, you got to put some money in and invest in yourself and invest in your health. And like, I've got figures and everything like that of showing, not just that it's about cost and everything, but the people who are truly invested, it's not even a question. They just want to get better. They want to get better because back to what drives me, um, like my, one of my, like the mission that I have is to keep people healthy to keep people shooting a bow, archery or hunting in general, be outside with their families. Basically, um, what's your, what's your kind of motto get out, live your life and love it or something like that. Right. Yep. Like, you got it. <laughs> so it's, it's along those same lines. Like you want to motivate people. You want to get people out there. And, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do is just like, I don't want someone to have to hang up a bow and be like, I can't do that anymore. Like, there's no reason why you, you, you need to do that. You can get better. And, um, there's models, like I was saying that show how a cash based system is significantly less money. It is a little bit more upfront. I'll be honest, but if you look at it, you're not going to a PT twice a week, three times a week. Once you start doing that, it's so expensive, um, at the end of the day and how much they're charging and stuff like that. It's like, to me, I'm like a cash-based system makes so much sense, but not that it's all about the money. It's about getting people better. It's about the experience. Right. Yeah. And, and definitely, uh, I hear you on that one. And yeah, it's funny that you bring up that, that phrase because, uh, they were, so I, I wear hats all the time and, um, my, uh, my hat was on the table. We were playing card games or something the other night. And so my kids love to take my hat and like wear it and be like, Oh, I'm daddy, you know, and pretend to, to say something that I say. And so it turned into a game apparently where they passed it around the table. We were at my mom's house and like everyone like put the hat on. They were like, Oh, I'm Jonathan, you know? And, and uh, one of them said that they were like, Oh, get out, live your life and love it. And they were laughing at me. And I was like, Hey, but it sticks, huh? Like you remember that. And then what was the other one? Oh, they were like, Oh, Hey, you amazing, beautiful people. You know, I was like, you know what? If that's how I start my podcast, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. As long as it sticks and it's good. Right. It's but no, that's, that's the whole reason. Like the whole phrase was a lot longer and I, I had to shorten it down to that um, because I, I really do. I, I noticed that for me, that was a big deal getting outdoors. That was a key to my happiness and my family's happiness as well. Um, I do notice that when we slack off on getting outdoors, it's not nearly as uh, it's not nearly as happy of an environment, you know, and then living your life. How many people nowadays, um, don't live their lives. They just, they go punch a clock, they come home, they turn on Netflix, they eat some crappy food and they go to sleep just to do it all over again. And then they do that till they retire. And then they're like, Oh, well, when I retire, I'll be able to do all this stuff. And then when they retire, they're overweight, they're hurting, they're 
having to have all these surgeries and they can't go enjoy their retirement. And so, and that's why I just say that live your life and then love it because you, you can't just be punching the clock. You need to love your life. You need to find something that you enjoy that you can share with others and be passionate about so that you just, you're not just cruising through. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, so I, I did want to ask as well, kind of switching gears here from uh, mountain physio to Preston as a dad and a husband, how do you get your family involved in the outdoors? What are some things that you guys do? Yeah. Um, I should, I need to do a better job at this, but I'm not, my wife will remind me, <laughs> but, um, she'll say, all you do is, is push your, push your hobbies on us, but it's not, it's not true. I would say no. Um, but it, <laughs> to an extent true, like to me, what drives me is just being outside, being in the outdoors, um, being like, yeah, being in the mountains, being, which is kind of being in the mountains, being in the marsh, being somewhere like that, where I'm just enjoying it. It can be at the park and stuff like that. It can be just doing something. And it usually has to be doing, um, usually has something to do with being away from, I would say civilization and like being outside. So mostly I can think of here in Salt Lake being in the mountains um, and that's what we do as a family. Like we spend so much time, um, a week and stuff like that, hiking, um, we'll go for walks, we'll go for Sunday walks, we'll go for stuff like that. Right. Just trying to get out. But I think I've always been one of those that like, I've got to go hiking and stuff like that. And so we'll go, we'll go hiking as a family. Um, it used to, when my daughter was, gosh, that's funny. Cause I always tell people this when they have like young kids, I'm like, Oh, your kids, 18 months old, like zero to 18 months, you can put them in the backpack and they're good. And then after 18, they just want to get out and you want to have this idea of going to hike like a mile and a half and you can go like 300 yards and then they're tired and crying. And so you're heading back home. <laughs> We've all been there. I've been there. And so now we're at a fun age where, um, we can get out there we can go for a good hike and stuff. And, I got my wife, my wife's, um, she's actually really does enjoy archery and we went, um, duck hunting the other day and she shot her first duck and she like, she's like, that's pretty fun too. She didn't really grow up doing any hunting. My daughter, she shoots a bow and really good. We went to total archery challenge last year in Colorado as a family. And then with my brother and his family and, um, the two, seven, eight year old, the two, seven year olds were shooting across the pond, like 40 yards and hitting the target. And so like, they're, they're, pretty good. And so it's fun. We do a lot of stuff like that. Um, I've got two bird dogs too. So that gets us outdoor throwing the Frisbee. And then my wife and I, um, probably one of our, probably one of our passions is riding horses, riding mules. And so we, we love doing that. We don't get out and do that near as enough, near enough, but that's something that we love to do. We love riding the mules and packing in and doing all sorts of things, but that's again, what I grew up doing. And so I'm kind of just passing it on to my, to my daughter. So my, my wife may kind of jokingly say, you just push yourself onto us, your hobbies. And I guess I kind of do, but I think they're good hobbies to, to do. I think they're good life skills to learn in the woods and in the wilderness and life skills to learn how to take care of animals. And anyways, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And that's awesome. And yeah, sometimes it can feel like 
we're pushing our stuff on the family. But um, I also like just the simple idea of, you know, going to the park. Um, it doesn't have to be some grand affair, you know, that you get out and you, you have to go backpacking with your family. Like you can just be going to the park. And I, I think a lot of people overlook that, or even just walking around the block saying hi to your neighbors, um, just getting to know someone new that has lived by you for five years and you've just never said hi, you know, um, yeah. things like that. But, but also, yes, I, I've been there with the kids and I'm a little bit meaner and I tell them, no, we're not turning back and we're going to keep going and I will carry you and you can cry all you want. We're going to go. <laughs> um, one, yeah. one of my, one of my really quick, Jonathan, one of my most, like this last year, we were out a lot scouting for bison, doing all sorts of things like that. So we were camping almost every single weekend. And um, yeah, one of the more memorable ones was we went on a backpacking trip. My mom had never been, she's 60. I don't know, five, something like that, 60 years old. And, um, she's like, I've never been on a backpacking trip. So we took her, she, I was like, Hey, you got to carry all your gear in your back on your back food and everything. And then she's like, my pack's heavy. I'm like, start taking stuff out. Exactly. And same thing with my daughter, my daughter and my wife came and they had never done anything like that, like an overnight backpacking trip. That was one of the funnest things. Like I had every intention of taking cameras up and getting to my deer spot so selfishly I was kind of going to the deer I didn't even get anywhere near that like we didn't get close because it was just further than we all wanted to go and but it was fine like it was it was so fun just to be there with those people and let them experience something that they've never like all three of those have never done anything like that where they take their you know their stove their jet boil their backpack their sleeping bag their pad their chair water and it was funny at the trailhead. They're like, well, my back's really, my pack's really heavy. I'm like, well, start getting rid of stuff. And then I think my mom got rid of her chair. And then I got up there and I got my chair out and she's like, well, I should have brought my chair. I'm like, there's some things I never, like I'll, I'll suffer with the weight so I can put in my chair so I don't have to sit on the, on the ground. But anyways, it was just one of those experiences that was pretty, pretty cool all around for everyone to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, I took my kids up. Oh man. Was it last? I think it was 2020. Cause yeah. So I almost missed my daughter's graduation. I didn't realize that it was her graduation. They didn't tell me. And so it was also my birthday. And I told my wife, the only thing I want to do was take um, our, our boys up backpacking. And so I made, so Asher at the time was five and I made him carry his snacks and water. That was it. You know, <laughs> that was heavy enough for him. Um, oh, yeah. and we actually went up, uh, I want to say it was three and a half, almost four miles. And, um, and I was pretty surprised. I was ex fully expecting to be carrying him along with my pack and all of his stuff, you know, and, uh, it, but no, he made it, uh, he made it all the way up and then all the way back down. And, um, and then, you know, our, our older boy who's 14 and, and my youngest brother, it's funny because my youngest brother's the same age as our middle son. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's, that's a whole nother story, but, but, uh, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I, I do love backpacking trips and just unplugging and, and making them, you know, go out and, and focus on things other than screens. And, you know, everyone's overwhelmed with screens nowadays, uh, whether it be school work, um, social media, movies, whatever, um, you know, just, just getting out and unplugging everyone's smiles. Nice. Um, hey. I think you hit the nail on the head there is it's unplugging. Like I love going to the park, throwing the Frisbee, doing stuff like that. 
but um, getting into a canyon where you have no service is like the best thing ever for me because going somewhere, even if I have service, just like not even dealing with my phone and my wife and I and my daughter, we can talk, we can look at the birds, we can listen. I think is the, I think that's the big thing is like having almost that serenity, almost like that, that quiet serenity, I'll say, where it's just like, you can hear the birds chirping, you can hear the squirrels, you can hear that. It's so, it's kind of sounds weird, but maybe as an outdoorsman, other people will maybe understand that, that it's like, there's something about that moment right there. And you can hear the stream, you can hear the leaves, you can hear that. You can hear yourself really like thinking and just de-stressing um, is so critical. And I think from a health standpoint, I always tell people like my patients here in Utah, especially will get some pretty bad inversion in the wintertime. And, um, my suggestion every single time is it doesn't matter if, whether you're just driving up the Canyon once a week, just to get above the inversion, like you got to get out and get some fresh air. And so I always tell people to have a winter hobby in Utah, skiing and snowboarding is a big thing, but, um, snowshoeing. Oftentimes our winters aren't that bad. You get up high enough and most of the snow is melted off. Go for a little hike, you know, and it's just little things like that that are super important that I tell my patients because mental health is a, is a huge issue and getting people outdoors and enjoying that kind of, like I say, that quiet serenity there is just, is, is necessary in our, in our world today. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It was probably, um, I don't know if you follow order of man or Ryan mm-hmm. Mickler. Uh, I think he said something about it where he had gone to, I think they just went to Mexico to check out some event place and he spent all the time with the family and they were pretty much unplugged the whole time. And I uh, came back and he was like, man, I was gone for a couple of days and I almost forgot that the world was ruined because of X, Y, Z. And then I turned the TV back on <laughs> and I'm reminded really quick of how, how terrible things are when they really aren't, you know? And I feel like, um, you know, it's constantly being pumped towards us, all this negative stuff and, and to, to get out there and realize like none of that's really important. You know, what's really important is what's right in front of you. And for us, it's our family. And, um, you know, what, what kind of legacy am I going to live behind, uh, for my kids? And, um, and what do I want them to understand about the world and, and things like that? So I, I 100% agree. Um, I like that idea of the snowshoeing or, or hiking. Um, that's definitely a, a really good idea, uh, to, to get people outside. Um, and definitely above that inversion, cause that inversion is terrible. Uh, I, so being from North Carolina, um, when we went back, this summer, uh, something that I did. And I, I always forget about it because out here it's so eerily quiet at night. Um, like there's nothing moving. It's weird. Uh, North Carolina, you go out there and it's so loud at night and I forgot about it until I went back out and it was almost comforting. Um, all the cicadas and the crickets and the bullfrogs and everything that are just sounding off all night long. And I slept on the back porch of, uh, this lake house that my family has, because I just, I loved it. It was screened in, had a nice little breeze, and I was listening to that all night. It was, it was awesome. Um, and I'd, I'd much rather have that noise than, than most of the other noise that's being pumped at us uh, day in and day out. So yeah. that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's the issue is we're always bombarded with all this stuff that we need to get. We need to have some time to 
listen, just listen, just listen to listen to nothing as, as odd as that sounds. Yeah. And, and something else too, uh, and you know, health is a big thing for you. When people talk about, um, whether it be uh, with fitness, you know, what's the magic, like I did this challenge the other day, um, and, and I was inviting people to join, uh, this eight week challenge. And uh, like some of the first messages were like, well, uh, what's, what's the drink and what's, I'm like, it's not, it's not a magic pill. Like, I just want to help you. <laughs> and, and so many people are so focused on that. I feel like that mindset's almost been applied to, um, like the vaccine, you know, with, with COVID and, and a bunch of other things with health, people are just like, I want the quick fix. I want the surgery. I want this and that. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't fix the core issue is movement and meeting your nutritional needs and, uh, not over go overdoing it on nutrition. Right. And then, um, just the basic preparation work, you know, depending on whatever it is you want to do, not everyone wants to be, um, a CrossFitter, not everyone wants to be an, an archer. Not everyone wants to be, uh, you know, a heavy weightlifter. Some people just want to live a better quality of life. And, um, and, and I try and find those goals for people, you know, just asking them that annoying question of why, and, uh, you know, that we hate the two-year-olds ask us over and over again, cause we end up not having an answer and it mm -hmm. frustrates us because we don't have the answer to give them. <laughs> and, uh, and I, but now as an adult, I love that question because it gets people, it like peels away the layers until you find that core, um, for people. And, Anyway, just, just finding what people really want to do and tailoring what they're, what they need to do as far as movement and nutrition based on, on those needs. Um, I think that's something that would, I think anyone could benefit from that. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure you'd agree on that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's one highlight from this now switching gears again to the other who Preston is, um, what's, what's a highlight from your hunting season this year? Cause you've had a couple. Oh man, I've had a couple, you know, um, it's, it's going to be hard. To, it's going to, it's going to be hard to beat the bison. It's going to be hard to beat the, so drawing the, um, sportsman's tag, which was, I, I thought I honestly, I put in this last year, hoping that I'd draw again and I didn't. And I was kind of bummed, <laughs> but someone told me the other day, they're like, if you would have drew that, I would have never spoke to you. And, and, and again, <laughs> um, so it was all a matter of just luck, but that was, that was pretty special to, to shoot that. And it's hard. I mean, that was a fun hunt just because it was so, it was a difficult B I had my whole family there. Like, um, when I ended up killing the bison, good friends, um, my wife and my daughter, and they got to come down and like, they got to see me literally skin the entire bison, um, myself and my, my friend Jaden and then carrying it out. This is pretty cool. This is actually a pretty cool moment is I shot the bison at about, I don't know, five thirty-six. We ended up recovering it. Um, after going back, getting backpacks, my wife and my daughter, bringing people back down, um, at eight o'clock, I think we got to the bison from eight to midnight. We cleaned up this bison. And then from midnight to three 30, we hiked back and my wife probably carried a hundred pounds on her pack. I know that my pack was about a hundred pounds and my buddies was about a hundred pounds. And then he had a pack wheel full of about 250 pounds of meat. And then we had two seven-year-olds hiking in the middle of the night and 
so like just putting all that together and then like it's pitch black headlamps are dying because we've been cutting up the meat for four and a half hours like it's just like very dim headlamps and watching my daughter like my wife will get kind of emotional in this she's like my like my daughter she's like you know mom you can do this like i believe in you you can do this and my wife's like that is the hardest thing that I've ever done is carrying that much weight for that long in the middle of the night started raining and thundering and lightning. And it's like, it was just one thing after the next. Right. But so it's going to be hard to beat that right there, but I will tell you, I have like my, my love and passion is like hunting mule deer is just so much fun for me. I don't know what, I know exactly what it is, is because I, I, I love hunting elk. I love eating elk. I love hearing elk bugle. Like I love looking at elk, but if I could look at a mule deer or an elk, I'd definitely choose that mule deer. And I just stare at the thing. That sounds weird, but, um, hunting mule deer, hunting mule deer with my brother, having him shoot a nice buck this year is always so much fun spending time with him. Um, my nephews like, and then, um, hunting extended season is always a good time. Like I, I just, I, I just love that dry. I just love that. I, love, I have that passion for mule deer. Like they're just cool animals. And like, they, they, they're hard. Maybe it's just cause I've been duped by them way too many times. And they're, you think you got them and they're smart and big bucks are just awesome to see. So I don't know. The highlights probably going to be that bison hunt. That was, that was amazing. That was incredible. But I am fortunate enough to do a lot of hunting and shot an elk. Elk was awesome. Good shot. But again, back to the bison, like one arrow, 70 yard shot, clean pass through, like everything I'd been working up towards for that one shot, it all worked out. And yeah, I, I look back and I'm like, maybe there was a little, maybe there was quite a bit of luck in that shot. I don't know, but I had, I had put a lot of work into it. But sometimes I'm like, man, I am not shooting well today. And how did I get so lucky to shoot a bison with my bow and just position, you know, target or um, get that arrow in the perfect spot that it died quickly and efficiently. And anyway, so that's, that's probably why that'll be, that'll be hard to beat. Yeah. But there's a lot of other good things that I'm kind of rambling here. There's a lot of other good things that we were able to do this year from a hunting standpoint that were really good so that's awesome and i think the phrase is luck is where preparation meets opportunity you know you prepared because if you hadn't been prepared you wouldn't have been able to make that 70 yard shot go through right if you didn't have the right equipment you might have stuck them in the shoulder or something you know um so it's true it's i know you um use Dan's saying, always be tinkering and stuff like that. Um, and I love it as well. Cause I, I mean, if we want to geek out on stuff, like we could talk archery and I'm holding an arrow right now and, um, uh, messing around with that, but yeah, archery or hunting equipment and stuff like that. It's just, to me, it's so fun to kind of tinker and mess around with different things. And, um, anyways, yeah. Well, yeah. And I love that mindset too, just because it can apply to everything, man. Um, it applies to fitness. It applies to nutrition. Like I'm always tinkering with my food, trying to fit. Cause I dude, uh, honestly, if it was up to me, I could smash a large pizza 
and some soda and ice cream afterwards every night, all night. Like I could do that easy. Obviously that's not good for you. So I've had to tinker a lot and find out like how I can get less calorie dense foods so that I'm full and I trick my mind into thinking I ate a lot when I really did it. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it applies to that, that mindset. I, I love that phrase. Cause I, I did it a lot um, before and I never really had a phrase for it. I just said, you know, just kind of always messing around or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do like, it. and especially, I think that's what I'm hooked on with archery as well is that you can always be messing around with things. I'm like, I just added a little nose button to my, to my setup. I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. I love it. You know, nice. and, and so just things like that, um, arrow setups, I mean, it's expensive <laughs> when each one's starting to cost you about 40 bucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and you end up missing a Turkey or something with it. You're like, no, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's the thrill, man. And, and I, I agree with you on the mule deer. If it's anything over, a, I'd say a three point for me, yeah. I can get that rush anything under that. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. And it has to be a solid three point. Like I've noticed that, but with elk, like, even if it's just cows that gets me going, like I I've got that drive for, maybe it's because, you know, it was my first official year hunting elk, uh -huh. but I mean, we got into a bugle fest in September, man. And it was like freaking Jurassic park. And it just, Oh, it made me so happy. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. There's something about calling to animals and having them respond is, is so much fun. It's tur turkey hunting. Turkey hunting is a blast. Like, so I go back to like, just arch archery hunting, archery hunting turkeys, man, bow hunting turkeys has proven to be the hardest thing that I've ever done. <laughs> like <laughs> I've killed a mule deer with my bow. I've yet to kill a, a turkey with my bow. And people will be like, they'll probably hear this and be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I kill turkeys all the time with my bow. And it's like spot and stock turkey hunting though is not easy. And that's what Utah turkey hunting is usually is spot and stock turkey hunting. And so it's not like, it's not like back East. Um, it's not like back East where there's just thousands of them and they're coming into a field and stuff like that. It's spot and stock and it's tough, but it's the same thing with like elk hunting, elk hunting, calling to them is so much fun. I, this year deer hunting, like I just got, I, I guess I got distracted got over on a ridge and just started bugling and cow calling. And all of a sudden they start calling and then I've stopped deer hunting. And I'm just bugling just for the heck of it. Just cause I'm like, I just want to hear them bugle and it's fun to see if they'll come to you. And it's the same thing. Like that's really what kind of gets me for like waterfowl hunting too. It's very similar, like lots of calling, um, setting up decoys and trying to get them to come to you is just, it's just a, it's just a rush. But I think that's really one of the things that is so exciting to me about mule deer is there's there's not that interaction really except for maybe in the rut but there's not that interaction where it they're just hard that, that, and that just makes them hard like and then i know the other thing for me about mule deer it's it's the location that they live like they live in some of the most incredible high basins right i mean usually we're hunting them in twelve thousand feet elevation right in these rocky basins and all sorts of things like that pines or some quakies and it's just like they live in some amazing amazing areas and so i think that's really what does it it's it's the fact that to get into those countries to see those big mule deer you've got to 
you've got to get way back in there. You've got to cover some ground and you've got to get away from people. Oh yeah. That makes sense. And that one that I, that I shared with you um, that was chasing those, I don't remember how many does it was, but that was pretty cool to see. I don't think I've seen any, any real action like that in a while and uh, or ever. And, and so yeah. that was pretty cool. That was, and he was, yeah. you could tell he was king of that, of that little basin right there. Um, he just, the way he just walked just that, that composure that he had, he knew he had this thing wrapped up. Um, yeah. so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, hunting's a lot of <laughs> bow hunting's, I think lots of luck into it as well. Cause I, I think you would always text me when you'd go, Hey, I had this bucket 20 yards today. It was just staring at me and I'm just over here going up mountains, trying to how to get close to a deer and you're just you're looking for elk and they're 20 yards away from you that's how it works man i swear they put pheromones on these tags yeah they have to like <laughs> it's it bad it was like every time you do that i'm just like oh my gosh <laughs> well it's, it's funny because that's what happened that's what happened with my buddy too we uh one of my first years out in here in utah um i went up with him and we were actually mule deer hunting and uh I can't remember what it was, but he had an elk tag in his pocket. So it was funny because he he had like a rifle with him and his bow because <laughs> he had a rifle elk tag, but he had his bow for the deer. So he was like, I'm ready for anything. And uh, and anyway, so we were up there. We we're actually just looking for deer, though. And um, and and we found an elk. That was my first experience up close with an elk. It was a good it was a solid five point. It wasn't a, a raghorn five point. It was a nice nice five point off by himself. Anyway, he ended up, um, tagging out on that elk. And that was my first up close encounter with an elk. And I was like, man, these things are massive and, and they they're are. awesome. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I just wanted to, to kind of wrap up here. I wanted to ask you one more question, that really annoying question that two-year-olds like to ask. And, uh, what is your why for everything that you do? If you could think about it and take the time that you need, but what is your your why the core thing that gets you going with everything that you do. Hmm. Yeah. That is a good question. Like why does, why does Preston hunt? Why does he, you know, why are you a good dad, good husband? Why are you an entrepreneur? Why physical therapy? Hmm. Yeah, I guess I'll answer that with probably um, one one word would probably be would be value. I want you know, yeah, maybe time, maybe value, but it's just a matter of like my why is like I want. I want to value, I want to have, I want other people to be valued. I want them to be, um, feel comfortable. I want my daughter, my wife, them to know, right. That they're valued, that I love them, that they're, they mean the world to me. Um, the people that I spend when I go hunting with, it's about that time or those memories. Um, for me, like some of like, again, this, the sweetest times that I've had bison hunting, it was about it was about that time with the family and having, you know, just valuing that time really. And then all the other hunts that I can think of this year, my nephew tagging out on his doe. And it's just like, just being together. It's, it's the times that 
we got my nephew we got my nephew darn close to killing his first deer and it's just like or an elk and it's just like I went up on a separate occasion just to take him up there and it's just like it's just that time together that you make those memories um the same thing goes with my with my business as an entrepreneur it's 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 making sure that other people feel valued that they receive the best care that they need so that they can spend really time doing what they love whether it's in the mountains hunting bow hunting whatever it is like i think that's probably what it comes down to is just just value like i want people to recognize value in myself and in my skills and in my business and and how it benefits them and so that's maybe the word that i would use is i've always liked the word value um particularly going through grad school and everything else and um then starting on a business is like i want people to recognize value when they see it and i want to value other people as well and respect them and i think we see we don't see that maybe too often these days or maybe we do and it's just there's a lot of other there's a lot of other noise in the world that um we don't that doesn't happen, right? There's, there's too much noise that we need to kind of take a step back and I think respect one another and, you know, show each other, we care for each other and show the other people that, that they're valued in life. And I think if you did that, there'd be a lot less problems. So that's probably the, that's probably the word that I, that's how I'd sum it up, I guess. Cool. I like it. Have you ever been asked that question before? Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) Cool. Well, I, I like it. So, so I'm understanding that you just, you want to create value and help other people recognize value in their lives. I, I yeah. like that. that. That's a good way to, to summarize that. And I, I think that definitely wraps up everything that you do. Um, and, and again, uh, something that I've appreciated uh, following you on, on Instagram and, and getting to know you in person a little bit and uh, messaging back and forth. I, I can see that you, you truly do hold that um, as something that's super important to you. Uh, and, and sharing that with other people is, is definitely a big deal. So, um, thank you for that. And thank, thank you for your time today. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything else for you. You got anything for me? I don't. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate you letting me be on. This is, this is a good time. This is, I feel like when I'm on a podcast in like 10 episodes, it's going to be way good, but every time it gets better, this is probably the best one that we've, that we've done. It's That's awesome. like, like we were talking I usually don't go back and listen to myself because I just can't handle listening to myself speak, but um, hopefully it was valuable for other people and they got something out of it, but I appreciate you having me on. This was a good time. Yeah, for sure. And where can people find you if they're looking for a physical therapist? So my website's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, www.mountainphysio. That's M-T-N-P-H-Y-S-I-O. So mountainphysio.com. Um, you can fill out a little form, sends it right to me. Um, you can, on online, you can, um, schedule an appointment, um, offer free consultations. So people can kind of give me a call and we can make sure that it's a good fit. And then, um, Instagram, I think is mountain underscore physio. And that's a good way to reach out to me. Again, you can schedule, you can message me there. And then my email, um, is Dr. Preston Ward at mountainphysio.com. So, Facebook. I'm on Facebook as well. I'm not as active on Facebook. Um, I think Instagram is usually 
it's hard to find the time to do everything else, but, um, Facebook, I'm on there every now and then, but Instagram is where I'm mostly active and then my website for sure. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. If you guys are looking for, uh, anyone to help you get repaired and get ready for, for next season, or if you've got any spring hunts, or if you're going down to Texas to shoot some hogs or anything like that, um, this guy will hook you up. So reach out to him. And again, thanks Preston for being on today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, and, uh, and as, as I always say, get out, live your life and love it. All right. Well, that wraps everything up as far as our interview here with Preston. He's just, again, an amazing guy. Thanks for listening. Again, if you want to go down to the links below, I'd appreciate it if you check out the Instagram, um, the Facebook group. I'd love to have you on if you're interested in any sort of fitness, nutritional group. Um, before you head into the new year, let's go ahead and work those kinks out and uh, get you start off right on the right foot during the new year. And uh, also any companies that I work with that I've used, that I consistently use on a, on a daily basis or a frequent basis are down below as well for any discounts that you might want uh, for any of, any of your needs for that gear. And thank you again for listening. Uh, please go into Apple Podcasts and review us. Uh, I'd love to have that review to get our name out there a little bit more. And also uh, on Spotify, give me a follow so that you can get those pop-ups every Thursday and Sunday when I do release a new episode. So thanks again, guys, and hope you guys have an amazing day. And as always, get out, live your life, and love it.